Um, just for some perspective, in this year's graduating class uh, from the medical school, we had no black medical students graduate. But after being on, you know, running on the ground and getting things going, um, we had a amazing year. And so this incoming class that starts in August, we actually have 12 African-American students, which is the highest number ever. From the University of California, Irvine, I'm Aaron Orlowski, and you're listening to the UCI Podcast. Medicine has a diversity problem. In the United States, more than 13% of people are Black, but only 5% of physicians are. And just a couple historically Black colleges and universities actually train significant numbers of Black doctors. But a growing program at UCI's School of Medicine called LEAD ABC seeks to change that. LEAD stands for Leadership Education to Advance Diversity, and ABC refers to African, Black, and Caribbean. LEAD ABC recruits top-level Black medical school students and allies who are dedicated to working with those communities to come to UCI by offering scholarships and, just as importantly, a deep sense of community. Today on the UCI podcast, we have two guests to talk about LEAD ABC and the difference it's making on campus and in Orange County. Kasaluchi Anendu is a current UCI medical school student in the class of 2021, and she played an instrumental role in launching the LEAD ABC program. Kasaluchi, thank you for joining me today on the UCI podcast. Thank you for having me. And we also have Dr. Carol Major, who's the co-director of LEAD ABC, as well as the assistant dean for student inclusive excellence and a clinical professor of obstetrics and gynecology. Dr. Major, thank you for joining the UCI podcast. Thanks for having me. Dr. Major, I want to start with you. You've been at UCI for almost three decades. In that time, what kind of diversity or lack of diversity have you seen here at UCI and the School of Medicine? One thing that has changed, just on a positive note, that there's so many more women students, residents, and faculty. So in terms of you know gender diversity, we've done an amazing job at UCI, Brian. Uh, racial diversity, not so great. Um, you know, when I first started, I was, I think, one of three Black faculty members, and um, really not that much has changed since then. I think I'm one of four or five Black faculty members now. Um, the same thing holds for true for the residents and for the medical students. Um, you know, there's really not much diversity, racial diversity, especially when it comes to African-American. They've done some good things with, um, Latino uh, diversity in that, you know, they have the a program called Prime LC program, which has um, been very useful in um, increasing the number of Latino students that have come here. The Prime LC program, that was part of the inspiration for the LEAD ABC program, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Um, I saw over the years Prime LC being able to attract some of the top Latino students in in the country to come to the program here to work with the Latino community, which there's a large uh, Latino population in Orange County. Mm -hmm. How can we get more African-American students interested in coming to Orange County? Um, and we felt like a program such as the Prime program would be a great start. You know, we'd have something different, something um, more concrete to offer our students. And so we kind of just worked on that. And it was actually with Casalucci's persistence <laughs> and nudging that um, 
and her enthusiasm. She's just been amazing. Um, we've actually put together a, a fantastic program, which um, is definitely becoming the talk of the town, at least among medical school campuses across California. Casalucci, let me let me ask you a bit about what it was like for you to arrive in Orange County uh, as an undergraduate student, you know, from from the Bay Area. What was that transition like for you at that time? Well, when I lived in the Bay Area, like I felt like I made sense, right? So because there are other Black people, other African people around, I didn't really have to explain myself. I could just be a student, be a kid, and explore any interests I had. Um, I saw people who were inhabiting different spaces and I didn't ever question if anything was accessible to me, right? That was the Bay Area. Um, when I got to OC, you know, I'd walk to a lecture hall and I'd be one of two maybe in a over 400 person lecture hall um, for intro bio or intro chem and I was shocked. I was like acutely aware of my otherness and I just felt like I was thrust into a realm where I had to explain myself. I had to tell folks why it wasn't okay to touch my hair, explain why it's probably not a good idea to give me a nickname because my name isn't so easy to say. Um, and it was just extra weight that I had to carry as a student. Um, and it was clear that I was different, but that difference wasn't always appreciated or celebrated by the masses when I got to Orange County. And then, so, but what kind of uh, community did you find um, at the UCI campus? Because, you know, you, you completed your undergrad here and then you decided to, to stay around and you pursued medical school at UCI as well. Truly, I chose to go to UCI for medical school because I went here for undergrad. So even though I felt like an extreme outsider, like eventually I found my community. Um, and the Black community at UCI, I like to say, is, is uh, small but mighty. Um, I've just never met a better group of people who were so willing to pour into their students and ensure that we thrived. Um, some people, notable people to me, like um, Lisa Cornish, she's the retired executive director of housing. Um, I worked with her for a while and she just always made sure I developed my leadership skills, my professional skills, my programming skills and pushed me to be better. Uh, Tamara and Jay Austin, um, they made sure I never went hungry, right? And um, always gave me a quiet space to study when I needed it. Uh, Dr. Tiffany Willoughby Harrard um, helped me raise money for prep courses. Jay Turner supported me when the weight of being alone as a pre-med student, like sometimes brought me down and each of them still call, meet up with me regularly, ensure that I'm still thriving. Um, another big reason, the fact that any idea, almost any idea I brought up to like the Black Faculty and Staff Association, ex-Black Women Daily, um, Black Alumni Association, any idea, no matter how outlandish, they took me seriously um, and they helped me actualize those visions. Um, and I couldn't give that up. And I really, I wasn't sure I would find that anywhere else. So I knew something was special about UCI. And then, so you spent a couple years in the in the medical school program and then um, got involved in launching the LEAD ABC program. Can you tell us more about, you know, how you heard about it, the fact that it was starting or, or instigated? Um, you know, what, what led to your involvement in getting that program started? I love the instigated part because I, I, I instigated. <laughs> um, but so when I started at UCI School of Medicine, um, there were seven of us in total, uh, seven black students total, or ABC students, I should say. Um, one was in the fourth year class and uh, two in the subsequent classes. And uh, during orientation, um, Dr. Vega, he gave us a charge that resonated with me, um, but it also truly burdened me. He said that we were to learn from each other's backgrounds because in some ways we'll be educating our peers on how to treat 
patients who look like us. And I looked around the room and I was like, wait, how am I supposed to do this? I'm literally the only one in here. So, um, but I think what Dr. Vega was getting at was the concept of critical mass, which is meaningful representation. They say when a critical mass is reached um, of underrepresented minority people, racial stereotypes lose their force and non-minority students um, get to learn that there's no quote unquote minority viewpoint. And they have to realize that there's just a variety of viewpoints among minority students. So I waited until I got my white coat. It was my first year. I was like, okay, now they can't take it away from me. Let's start shaking things up. So uh, I went to Dr. Major's office and I pitched the idea. And it was really, really cool that her and Dr. Lee Buckland already had a similar concept in mind. So I got to be the little energizer bunny that pushed the needle forward with my soft persistence, pestering, whatever you'll call it, whatever it worked. Um, <laughs> and I was able to draft a proposal. And then Dr. Lee Buckland um, and Major and Dr. Mays, when he eventually arrived, they were able to make things happen in a big way. So every Monday after lecture, I would like plop down at Dr. Major's desk and uh, we worked on our to-do list. I would send emails, connected the School of Medicine with the African-American Studies Department, People and Humanities, um, found pretty incredible allies and recruited key stakeholders. And I just really, really wanted to see this project through. And I'm grateful to see that it picked up steam. Dr. Major, what was that like to you know see, kind of see this idea arise independently in two places um, and then for this sort of meeting of the minds to happen and, and you had this uh, partner in a, a really dedicated student. What was that experience like for you? To be honest, I don't know if it wasn't for Crossalucci, I'm not even sure that um, it would have taken off as fast as it did. Um, Crossalucci is a no-nonsense person and um, <laughs> you know a lot of things at the university take a while to evolve and you know we'll, we'll We'll look at it at the end of the year. We'll kind of start working on it next year. No, with Kasalushi, it was going to happen today <laughs> and, and now. And so, and it did. So the, the LEAD ABC program uh, has a few components, and one of them is recruiting Black students to come here. Uh, so how does the program do that? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a difference maker. It's the first program in the country that emphasizes both uh, leadership, advocacy, and, and community and education with, within the ABC community. No other program in the country actually does that and can say that they do that. You know, since there's not a large African-American population in Orange County and, you know, before the program, there was very few African-American students at the medical center. It, it just, you know, we kind of, reached out and got support from the African-American Studies Department, from Public Health Department, from the law school, from the business school, and from the nursing school. And we kind of, everyone brought their efforts together to kind of help create this program. So how does the admissions process work for LEAD ABC? Um, so the admissions process works by doing a really holistic review on our applicants. They assess distance traveled, they assess where folks come from, they assess their stories truly and who they are and take everything into account. And I think this year, especially with Dr. Osborne um, being in her new position um, as Dean of Admissions, we have been able to make great strides in recruiting these amazing, amazing applicants because we decided to look at the whole picture. Outside of the whole picture, they're incredible with their numbers and their stats, but it's amazing to put it all together and get this, this exceptional student. And so the program is entering its second year, and the uh, you're already seeing some tremendous success. Can you tell us a little bit about you know how the the numbers of the people entering the program have changed in just the last two years? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, just for some perspective, 
in this year's graduating class uh, from the medical school, we had no black medical students graduate. And in our first year class, which is actually our first year of LEAD ABC, we had just one black student enroll in, in but after being on, you know, running on the ground and getting things going, um, we had a amazing year, did um, the number of projects and really kind of marketed ourselves well. And so this incoming class that starts in August, we actually have 12 African-American students, which is the highest number ever. Oh, wow. Ever at UC Irvine. Wow. Um, no one's even gotten that close. I think the largest number has been four. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, so one of the elements of the the program is to to teach skills that help these students overcome some of the unique challenges they face um, as members of the ABC community. Kasalushi, can you tell us a little bit more about the experience of being a professional in the medical field uh, as a member of the ABC community, and then and then what the LEAD program does to help students uh, overcome those challenges? I think Dr. Major captured it beautifully in the fact that in the last, what, almost three decades of her being a physician, like she's still one of few. So it's a very, it can be a very isolating field, but it's just so incredibly amazing and so incredibly inspiring when you see folks who look like you inhabiting these spaces, right? And Lead ABC really does give me that. Um, and it gives me the support to get there, to get my long white coat. Dr. Warsham in admissions, she always has snacks, advice, scriptures on hand. Dr. Major Taylor, like consistently helping me with career advice, pointing me in the right direction, helping me accomplish all my outlandish goals. Um, Dr. Mays, like his many, 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 many roles, he's taken in amongst himself to make himself accessible to the students and host lectures on things like imposter syndrome, right? And that's a big thing that, it's a really, really unique experience because we feel like impostors simply because we don't see ourselves in this field, right? So um, if no one looks like me, am I welcomed here? Should I be here? Is this allowed for me? And are people respecting me, right? Because um, there's that component as well. Um, and because I see us now in lead and I see more of us and we're, we're developing that critical mass I mentioned earlier, I feel safer. LEAD really, really, really does address some of those challenges by simply showing us that we can exist in this space. So it's important for, you know, for the students and the future physicians to be able to see people who look like them in the positions that they're going into. And it's also important for patients to be able to, you know, get care from people who look like them or come from a similar background. Uh, can you tell us some more about, you know, why that's important to be for patients to be able to, to have that experience? I'll reference um, a 2018 National Bureau of Economic Research article. Um, they asked whether or not race, the race of a doctor impacted the health of black men specifically in this paper. Um, and I'll focus on black men because um, fewer than Fewer black men entered medical school in 2014 than in 1978, which is crazy to me. Um, but this data should also apply to women and uh, black non-binary folks as well. The article discussed how black men have higher levels of mistrust of the medical establishment due to the history of abuse and neglect of disadvantaged populations by health authorities. Um, one example being the syphilis uh, experiments in Tuskegee and many, many other abuses of power. But having a same race doctor increased the patient's trust in the doctor's medical advice. So they did a randomized con controlled trial in Oakland um, and found that 
patients were more likely to bring up health problems when assigned to a black doctor. The black doctor actually took notes while the patient was talking. Um, the rates of preventative screening went up because trust improved. And the researchers even estimated that having more black doctors would reduce the black white gap in cardiovascular mortality by 19%. Wow. The overall white male gap in life expectancy by 8%, which in um, 2019 was said to be over a six year gap in life expectancy. So that's just amazing. So in short, having more black doctors saves more lives. It's a life or death issue for, for folks. Um, Absolutely. Wow. Uh, well, one final thing that I wanted to, to ask you both about is what are your hopes for the future of the LEAD ABC program? Where do you hope it goes? You know, I, I believe that the LEAD ABC, I mean, we're in our early stages. I just envision massive growth of this program, not only here at UCI, but all over the country. I mean, we get calls all the time for people or other in, from other institutions, uh, from people that are interested in starting up similar programs. And I just, I just have this feeling that this is just the beginning. It's of something very amazing that is going to be taking off real soon. Casalucci, what are you hoping? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Honestly, I would just love for programs like this to take off across the U.S., across the world, if possible, because there, there's so many needs, right? And we we owe it to our patients to do better. Um, and Yes, we're also we're raising and training folks within the within the program, but we're also training our, all of our other classmates as well and exposing them to more people, exposing them to this content as well and encouraging everyone to do better. So my hopes for this program, I wanted to take the world by storm and I would love no matter where I end up um, for residency to, you know, start a lead program there or something of that, of that, um, of this magnitude, because I just think it's so incredibly exciting. And I think that we're going to do a lot of good. So UCI is going to seed more of these types of programs around the country. That's really inspiring. Yeah. And, and what's just so amazing about this program is that the emphasis is leadership and advocacy and, and community. And we are just really at the the process of developing leaders that are passionate about lifting up and helping ABC communities. And um, one thing that I've just noticed with the program, you know, we've given our students a voice. They have a voice and a very powerful voice, and we're encouraging them to use it for the good of all ABC communities, for the good of everyone. And um, it is absolutely happening. Thank you, Dr. Major and Casalucci, for joining me today on the UCI podcast. Thank you. Thank you. The UCI podcast is a production of Strategic Communications and Public Affairs at the University of California, Irvine.